This week's podcast brought to you by Crinkle Cuts. Like a lot of people, my life is governed by our children's schedules, by your schedule, by the school calendar, the sports calendar, and I really only have one or two small choices to make in the course of any day, what what passes for my freedom. And, uh, and today that just disappeared when you said to me moments ago for lunch, will you eat the leftover sausage and rice casserole because it's going to go bad otherwise. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. All right, I'm going to start by asking you a hypothetical question that might not be hypothetical. If it's not hypothetical, what is it? Just actual? I guess. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you a question. Say you placed an order at a drive-thru, maybe a Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru, and when you went and pulled up to the window to pick it up, if the person who was handling your food and drink had like a throaty cough and didn't really cover their mouth well, how would you handle that? I would handle it as I've done in the past. This isn't hypothetical. I would uh, pay the person, thank them, and guzzle down the hot chocolate or coffee or donut or whatever it is that they handed me. Okay. I mean, you, you do understand that when you don't see the person handling your food, he or she also has a whooping cough. And a... Well, this happened to me three days in a row. So the second day, the first day I thought, I'm like, this guy is kind of, I think he's stage coughing. Like, I think he's, because there was no cough. And as soon as I pulled up and opened my window, it was like a, you know, demonstrative cough. All right. So second day I come up, happens again. Same guy? Same, same person, yeah. Third day. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this did not just happen three days in a row. Is he coughing? Is he, is he coughing all day? Is he coughing all shift? Is he just coughing when he sees me pull up um, just to have a laugh? Like maybe he's thinking, how many days in a row will it take for this woman before she says something or refuses refuses the order? Next time you pull up, why don't you hand them a, bring a pack of Lutens or, or possibly... Sucrets. What if I hand him a mask? What if next time I pull up, you should wear I, a mask. I have a mask on and gloves? But that doesn't prevent him from coughing all over my. Let me ask you this: my stuff. Would would this be an option? Okay. Not getting a twenty-four pack of Munchkins at Dunkin' and just going somewhere else. No, because this Dunkin', I like this Dunkin'. I like this guy. It's on the way to, to pick up our daughter from school. So usually what it is, it's like a bacon, egg, and cheese morning wrap. Or sometimes for me, it's a bacon, egg, and cheese English muffin. Like either I'm really hungry, I know she's going to be really hungry, and I haven't had time at home to make her something. I'd rather have her eat that than like, you know, a bag of chips or something. So it's the intent. The intentions are good. I'm not just, you know, getting a ton of munchkins, although I do do that on occasion as well. Um, 
but usually I'm my intentions are good. I'm trying to get her something healthy. And 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 in his defense, when he's coughing on it, it's the, the bag's usually closed, or if there's a beverage, the beverage has a lid. So I don't know that that it's penetrating. And I I'm I haven't gotten sick and our daughter hasn't gotten sick. So um but I, I would be curious if I had the nerve to say to him, hey dude, just curious. Are you actually would you, do you would... actually have a cough? Or are you just doing this to see it, what my reaction will be? And what are other people's reactions? You've described yourself twice now. Would you describe yourself a third time as just a soul whose intentions are good? Oh, Lord. <laughs> have I? Oh Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. A, my intentions are good. Um, so, so what will you do about it? Nothing. I don't have to do anything about it. I'll, I'll, I'll continue to go through the window. Although the last two times I went, it was a different person working the window. I'll, I'll still make my order. Although maybe now, just because I've said it out loud on the podcast, maybe next time if he's working. And he coughs again. Maybe I'll ask him. Hey, you've had that. You've had that cough for a while. You all right there, buddy? I don't think in my memory of us going out to dinner, which has been years now since we've done that. But when we did that sort of thing, you weren't. You you never sent something back. I don't recall you complaining. Not complaining, but I've politely never sent something back. Or 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 even said this. Unless it uh, was like the wrong thing, then of course you do. But but even then, I went out to dinner with our son the other night. It was our daughter's birthday sleepover and she and three friends ate at a separate table in a, in a nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then our son and I ate at a separate table. I don't remember where you were, but you were you were not, not I around. I was watching one of our other children do a sporting oh, event. Oh, that's right. That's right. And, um, and it was a super busy restaurant on a Friday night and the, the uh, waitress brought, here's your steak tartare and here's your... Uh, your, uh, Who are you pretending getting steak tartare? You and our son or our daughter? They didn't serve steak tartare at this place, and I'm just. I know. I'm just saying right now. Who are you pretending I'm with our son. is getting I'm with our son. Oh, okay. And here is your uh, here is your baked Alaska. Okay, <laughs> and and I for a moment, neither of us having ordered those things. They'd be interesting if they were delivered at the same time. Yeah, too, I, I by thought. The way. I but this is what happened. She she brought them and and she brought something that we didn't order. Okay. We were waiting for our. Uh, You're appetizer. not steak tartare. Yes, and I, I ordered meatloaf, and he ordered a burrito. Um, but uh, and I knew immediately that we hadn't ordered these. But I I was reluctant to tell her we didn't order these. Now I know I create more problems if I actually eat what we didn't order, or even let them set it down on the table. Well, th- that ship had sailed. Okay. But I said I said um, I said uh, this isn't. This isn't our order, but I said it in an apologetic way, like like we had like we had screwed up somehow. Mm-hmm. And then we had a lovely meal, and afterwards, um, somebody who was at our daughter's sporting event—I believe it was you. Now that I think of it—asked if I could bring home. Oh, something for me. Something yeah. for you. I said, I, can you? I think I even offered to bring home something for you. Yeah, I said, can so, you just get me an, uh, a salad? Easy. A salad with Simple. some grilled chicken on Simple. it. Simple. Yeah. So so um, so long after we had finished eating. In this place that was completely uh, super busy, so I totally understand. Uh, we were waiting on your salad, and and the waitress said the salad is up. We're waiting on the grilled chicken. I was cursing you, not the restaurant. And uh, you were cursing me silently. Yeah, you actually texted head. me. You texted me and said, "Just come home. Just eat the losses. It will be the only thing you'll be eating because you won't." Yeah, have the I didn't food. want you to stay there and and wait for for this. But right? but I would have waited. 
I don't know, another hour and a half before I, I actually said anything. That's, so you that's, never said anything. They just eventually brought it. No, I, 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 I did kind of stand and I had to go across the restaurant to the table where our kids were to pay for that check where our daughter was. I, 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 I cased that scene, by the way, in advance. There was a, an older couple uh, at the table next to them who were delighted to have four 12-year-olds at the table next to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Were they really delighted? Or they, they were. They were. They, they said. Okay. They said. Uh, they. 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 All four of them got up to go to the bathroom at the same time, and the and the, the gentleman at the next table said to me, uh, said, uh, he, he said something. And I said, this is a, this is our daughter's twelfth birthday party, dinner. She's having a sleepover after, and the guy said, oh, we've been there. You know, we've. And I said, I hope they're. I hope they're. Uh, you know. Behaving or something. Oh, they're they're wonderful. The waitress said they were wonderful, so made sure of that. But anyway, those are my uh, my restaurant styling is not to complain. And and at the drive-through window, you're you're the one thing you don't do. And we've probably talked about this before, but at the drive-through window, you don't even take an extra ten seconds and make sure everything's in the bag. You just drive away. I take. And live I take. With the you, consequences. You, you take. It's 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 potluck. You order what you order. And you get or don't get what you get. Or you can, it's, it usually doesn't match up, we've but that's fine. We've talked about this, so I'm not going to belabor it. But the other day, we were driving through a drive-thru, and they gave us the food. I opened the bag. At least you might not unwrap the sandwiches and make sure that they're what you ordered, but at least I counted. All right, there's four things in here. There are four people who ordered were good. There's four fries or whatever the heck it's going to be. You don't even unwrap the bag. But, uh, well, but anyway. At that drive-thru that you're talking about yeah. the other day. We we thought we had uh, we thought we had not lucked out when we couldn't understand. I don't know. There was some mix up at the at the speaker box. But once the guy once you engaged with the drive through guy, he was a guy who was he was a go getter. Oh, he was a go getter. He was a he was uh, super happy. At least enthusiastic, selling, pretending that he was happy. Yeah, he was great. He was he was phenomenal, and and it's it's. It's a rare delight when you encounter somebody who, you know, people. A lot of people claim to love their jobs. Obviously, a lot of people claim to hate their jobs, but uh, this guy was putting into practice that uh, he was living life with some gusto. He was. I appreciated it. Here's another question for you. Maybe or may not be hypothetical. This is a question for our listeners. If you're cooking something on your 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 cooktop, and a napkin gets a little too close to the flame and and the napkin catches on fire well this isn't hypothetical you know that okay well i'm just they can we can pretend it's hypothetical and this is for our listeners that you're not allowed to Uh, interrupt me okay okay so this napkin's a little too close to the flame and it catches on fire do you a throw it on the wood floor or b throw it into the sink remember it's on fire the floor is wood. The sink is stainless steel. Do you A, throw it on the floor, <laughs> or B, throw it in the sink? Well, let me just <laughs> set the table, as it were. I was I was cooking something. I think You're I was making mac making and cheese. Something. Yeah, I was not home. The, the flame was turned up on the burner, mm-hmm. and uh, something spattered out of the pot or spilled under the into the under the you know. Oh, that's the, how the napkin got there? You were cleaning something up? 
Yeah, I was cleaning a spill, and then and while so, the flame was going. Well, that that's I know your concern for the oh, flame. Geez. My concern was for my my flesh. Oh, so I was I was I was wiping up a spill under the burn, adjacent to the burner, when when the the paper towel that I was using, went up like a like a. It wasn't. It was worse than a paper towel. I think it might have been a napkin. It, it was. It was. It was. It was. It was like a magician's pyrotechnics. Yeah. yeah. When when when. When the thing got near the flame, it went up. It went up like 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 it had been a dove, and now it was just a flash of right. flame, and it was gone. Mm-hmm. And so it was. It was. It was not good. I mean, this thing was. You saw the the flames were. The flame was a foot I, foot tall. I walked into the. I walked into the house from bringing somebody home. Um, or saw, being somewhere. Saw I what appeared to be my house. hand in I flames. I saw you grab something that was on fire. And I was holding fire in my hand like Prometheus. put it on the wood floor and then I think step on it. And I think I said to you, put it in the sink. But there's a couple things I want to rewind because there's problems here. If there's something, if there's a stain or, or if there's a, a mess on the stove, most people would know you wait till you're done cooking. You turn the stove off, let it cool down, and then you clean that up. Why would you ever put a paper towel or anything flammable near a flame? I don't understand that part of it. And then, yeah, next time if there's, if you ever have something that's on fire, of course, if you're worried about it getting to your hand, then you just make sure it doesn't do that. But well, uh, put it in the uh, sink. Con- thinking that, considering that I was holding it in my hand and and it was uh, a, a giant conflagration in my hand, I, guess I, just- I, thought, I thought rather than look around, Stroke my chin and say, "Hmm, what would be the the sink's the best right material? There. The sink's right there." Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen stainless steel that was um, scorched? No, it, it, it would have been fine. It would have been fine. And I'm, I guess I should just be thankful that you didn't throw it in the recycling, the paper recycling bin that's right nearby as well, because that would have been an option. I, I, but yeah, I, in the future, if if you if you make a mess, I mean, and I don't even know what we're talking about because plenty of times. I'll look at the cooktop and I know that you've cooked something because there's splatters all over the place. What made you want to clean up the mess this particular time? Well, I just, I saw, I saw the flame was turned all the way up because we were boiling mac and cheese. Right. I, I saw that there was a small inconsequential spill there and I had an oily rag handy. I mean, it's, So I thought, I thought what, what better circumstances in which to, like do my, to do my annual uh, kitchen cleaning than now. It's not like you're a cooktop neat freak. There's plenty of times where there's, you know, sauce splatters or this splatter or that splatter that's just sitting on the cooktop, which is fine. I, I don't clean up right after I, I've cooked either, but I, I certainly don't do it during. I, I once uh, had a high school band called Cooktop Neat Freak, and um, our, our, our big cover show closer was Jukebox Hero by Cooktop Neat Freak. We um we need that reminds me we have to clean our our outdoor grill because the other day I was making steaks and as I went to flip one, the flame went up what two feet. I'm lucky I was using like the long grilling tongs and uh, was not anywhere. My face wasn't anywhere near the flame, but that just reminded me we got. I lost that. my eyebrows just looking at that. Yeah, because I did bad. see it. So uh, you came in, and mm-hmm. as with most of these things, uh, you. You blamed me. I didn't. I just said after we after we you were, you were, made you were, this meal, we need to clean the grill. You were nearly engulfed in flames while cooking salmon, and then rather than 
us being grateful for your your uh, safety, you said, the first thing you said, I think it was the only thing you said was, you need to clean the bottom of that grill. I think I said we. I know what, I know what we means. Well, speaking of the grill on our deck, we were just on our deck before recording this because it is, I mean, it, it's travel poster, leaf peeping, fall in New England, uh, perfection. Perfection. Two nights ago Thank was you. the was the full moon. Um, Last night was a full moon. Last night the moon. But like I, I'm saying, like on my calendar it says full moon. Like the fullest of full moons was Sunday or Monday. You you know that it was a full moon because you saw full moon on your calendar. I know it was a full moon because I was out looking at the full moon. Right. This this coppery uh, brilliance, and I texted you and said I was waiting for our son's high school soccer bus to arrive in the parking lot half an hour away and you i texted you and i said there is a crazy crazy moon it would be worth your while to walk outside and look up at the sky i i, I haven't followed this up by the way that was last night did you do that no but i had already seen the moon not quite in the same sky but i had picked our daughter up from soccer practice and saw a beautiful moon it wasn't pitch dark yet but i yeah. still saw a pretty, well, very pretty moon or did you gaze at the entry on your calendar and say full moon look at that I, or did I you, gaze at the at the cooktop as I was making yeah, dinner for everybody? You, you, so you said, that when you said you, I, I'd already seen a brilliant orb of, of a fiery uh, copper. Go gaze at that your moon, the, and I'll, huh. uh, I'll keep making dinner <laughs> and scorching my eyebrows. Moon gazer. My, that's my the Bond film that I'll star in. But okay. um, uh, no, but but for you, um, this is a compliment. By the way, I'm trying to deliver. You you see the beauty in the in the grids of your calendar and your little organized um, to-do lists and your notations and your your appointments and you love that 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 to you is is you know people who do the leaf peeping at this time of year and, and, and gaze at the coppery moon you you can look at um, your fall calendar and see the same sort of beauty and um, and wonder that I see looking at the night sky am I I mean, you're so full of I don't know what I don't even know where this is going or where it came from, but it is kind of on my nerves. <laughs> and I, I guess I guess the shorter version of this is you, you you like your calendar. I'm the one in the house who doesn't miss doctor appointments or those sorts of things. So yes, I do think a calendar is important. Shall we get to viewer mail? Yeah, let's get to viewer mail. You're, you're, you've had it with my. I've had nonsense. it with you. Let's get to viewer mail. <laughs> Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Ooh, this uh, first viewer mail is uh, headlined first-time corresponder. Ooh, we asked last week or the week before for some more first-time correspondence. There you go. Um, Mel, uh, with the standard number of M's, E's, and L's, writes, uh, listening from the beginning but first-time correspondent. Hearing about A Man Called Ovi by F. Backman, mentioned on your recent episode, was a wow moment. It's an excellent book. Highly recommend his other books as well. Uh, but Beartown is a must. Now, now, I don't remember the context in which we mentioned uh, A Man Called Ovi. Do you? I don't. But uh, looking at it, and, and, and I haven't read it, but it's a, a, um, 
Described by its publisher Simon & Schuster as a lighthearted, deeply moving novel about a grumpy but lovable curmudgeon uh, who finds his solitary world turned on his head when a boisterous young family, um, uh, now I've lost the thread here, moves in next door. Soon to be a major motion picture starring Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks now plays the curmudgeon. Well, he's he's uh, he's not aging backwards, so mm, true. Um, so uh, sounds sounds interesting. Excited for the coming UConn uh, women's basketball season. Another WNBA season following, and another WNBA season following UConn alum. This comes from Mel, uh, whose whose um, descriptive is Marine from Maine. Hey, sweet. What what I find interesting about Marine from Maine is they're the same two words with except that Marine has an R in the middle. All right. That is interesting. I wonder how many other people would see that right away. I think uh, surely Mel does because the, that's part of Mel's signature. Thank you, Mel. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening from the beginning and for being a first-time correspondent. Corresponder. Corres corresponder. Isn't that, he or she or, isn't that what he or she wrote? Corresponder? Well, first-time correspondent. But if you want to shorten it, we could say first responder. FTC. Oh, like a first responder, right? Right, first right. Corresponder. Right. <sighs> okay. Next. This comes from... Uh, this comes from... Um, Dr. Ken, dear Rebecca and Steve, like many viewers, I start by thanking you for continuing the Ball and Chain podcast. It's something I anticipate each week for the interesting stories and good humor. Thank you. Should 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 uh, do we do we feel uh, that viewers are obligated to pay some kind of uh, tribute in advance because we always read these? I don't know. Maybe. I know, you, but you, you, don't. Li you like you like it when I when I pay tribute to you in advance, right? Uh, of dinner or we you still haven't done the. Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, moment that we talked about last week when Over. I walk in the kitchen. Ladies and gentlemen, Sir Elton John. Exactly. Actually, when when um, when George Michael did that, it was ladies and gentlemen, Mister Elton John. He right. wasn't yet Sir Elton right. John. We addressed that last week. Did we address that to a part degree. of it? You did, yeah. On the most recent podcast, writes Ken, you spoke of speeding cars on the highway, which reminded me of this recent experience. In July, I was driving on I-90 then, as perhaps always, under construction, and traffic was reduced to one lane. Shortly after the lane reduction, I noticed the tailgating car. I tried the tap the brake strategy. You hate it when I do that, Rebecca. Yeah, I, I, my strategy with the tailgating car is to ignore it. Sometimes you, yeah, tap the brakes to what? Hope that they run into you? No. Just so that they see the lights. Anyway, keep going. So they both literally see the lights and they metaphorically see, see the, the light. light. Okay. Uh, I tried to tap the brake strategy, but to no avail. I slowed to the posted construction zone speed limit, also without effect. And I imagine, Rebecca, in that construction zone, fines were doubled. <laughs> Probably, yes. Uh as a semi was directly in front of me, there was nothing I could do to allow the person to pass for several miles, yet he or she remained uncomfortably close to my back end. I moved to the right at the end of the construction zone, and obviously and immediately the driver accelerated past me in an instant to be followed 10 seconds later by a slightly faster-moving police car with oh, its lights nice. flashing. It was a happy day. Oh, I like that. Oh, we life, talked about life, that last week. Life never they? works that way, Sometimes does it? Sometimes right out of the blue, there they are. 
that it happened once. We have evidence. Second, I was excited to hear a viewer mail from Kevin now working at the American Shakespeare Center. Although I have not been lucky enough to visit there, I have heard a lecture by ASC founder Ralph Cohen, as well as used his book, Shakespeare and How to Cure It, in my own teaching. Shakespeare? Uh, Shakespeare. Like fear of Shakespeare. Mm -hmm, Okay. Shakespeare, I I think, is what we're talking about. Okay. Shakespeare, obviously. A pithier. It doesn't involve shake weights. It it could Could. could possibly. (laughs) I'm I'm sure there are some people, the Venn diagram includes a fear of, of the Bard of Avon and. Uh, and a uh, and a phobia about shake weights. Okay. Uh, Shakespeare and how to cure it in my own teaching. I've also had the pleasure of hearing a number of papers by ASC graduate students at academic conferences. If still available, though I'm sure the applications have been flooding in, I'd be happy to be the resident Shakespearean. Uh, I don't think we have a, a, a resident Shakespearean, do I we, Rebecca? Think we do. No. You've got it, Ken. Uh, well. I, but we'll have to we'll have to lean on him for um, for all of our Shakespearean needs. Yes. Anyway, Kevin's email brought an unexpected smile to my day. With all good wishes to you and your family, your Triconderoga pencil using completionist Ken. Thank you, Ken. As always, much appreciated. We still have our um, architect three sided Triconderoga pencils. Are those th- are those ones he sent? Yes. Yeah. We do. I don't think I don't think we have two listeners who have uh, a, a, an intense interest in the Triconderoga. We might pencil. It's possible. Speaking of, our kids take the PSATs today. They had to bring a couple sharpened pencils to school. One of our children was sharpening the pencils this morning, and the other one probably sat down and had to borrow a pencil or two. From and the other one was, was probably sharpening the wrong end of the pencil. <laughs> Perhaps. He, he both resented and See, was... See, I, I avoided using a pronoun so that nobody would know which one I was referring to. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was not, not happy that... Uh, I mean, he was happy to have a half day until he learned that it was to take the PSATs. He said to me... What even are they, and how long is it going to take? And I said, right. "Well, they're important. Do you know what the SATs are? These are the the pre preview of those. Now, what's the SAT? It's a college entrance exam, and it it. Um, His defense: He's a freshman. He's not well, really worried about no, no, his no. college entrance exam. No, no, no. But and neither and neither am I. Correct. But uh, but anyway, it. it 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 burst his bubble. The bubble that he'll be filling in with a number two Triconderoga pencil. Mm-hmm. It was burst by the news that uh, his half day was sullied by uh, test taking. Testing. Hi, Restiva writes. Uh, oh, hello from New Zealand. Hello from New Zealand. I mean, hello to New Zealand. Yes. From Connecticut. Correct. We're we're bridging we're bridging hemispheres, Rebecca, here on the Ball and Chain podcast. Somebody has to. If only we could bridge the distance. Between the two of us. <laughs> I'll put you in my calendar. Bridge the distance. Hi, Restiva. Uh, writes Mary in New Zealand. I first wore in August of 2020. I first, I think she's saying I first wrote in August of 2020 about the Women's Rugby World Cup. It's here and I'm here in New Zealand yeah. for seven weeks. Wow. Mostly, and there's photographic evidence that she is there in New Zealand. Mostly touring and the beauty is indescribable. I will attend the playoff rounds in person and catch the pool play on TV as I can. The women who organized the first Women's Rugby World Cup in 1991 will get inducted into the Rugby World uh, the, the World Rugby Hall of Fame the day of the semifinals in a private ceremony and I believe will get introduced to the crowd afterward. 
This is huge as the 1991 and 1994 tournaments were unofficial for 30 years. Those championships, 91 USA and 94 England, are now recognized and have been etched into the cup. Exciting. Remember Stella McCartney's t-shirt when Paul was inducted into the Rock and Roll HOF? It's about blank in time. I do remember that, actually. More soon, Mary from East Hampton. Photos are, are a digital signage in Christ Church and me sporting my swag in Timaru. And here, indeed, Rebecca is... Um, a uh, big digital signage countdown uh, to the uh, Rugby World Cup in Christchurch. Four days, uh, 17 hours and 54 minutes at the time that Mary took this. And there she is uh, rocking some uh, uh, Rugby World Cup swag. Sweet. In New Zealand. So uh, that's that's awesome. Um, enjoy. I'm making a note in my folder. I've got other notes I know as well to about post uh, photos to post. At some point, I'll get that done. I really will. I mean, but I just made my note. Uh, the um, the U.S. women's soccer team played uh, the European champion uh, English Lionesses this past week since we've since we last did a podcast at a sold out Wembley Stadium in London, and it is. Uh, I mean, we say this seem to say this every ten years or so that that um, women's basketball, women's soccer, women's rugby here with the World Cup is is you know getting its due, but um, it does feel like that, doesn't it? It does. Hi, Restiva writes Ralph in Maryland. I've been enjoying songs from the new Killers album on old fashioned FM radio. Quiet Town is excellent. I also listen to old, old-fashioned AM radio for the true oldies channel most every time I drive somewhere local. There's just something about it that comforts me. Interesting that Ralph mentions that because you know what I cannot find on our radio? AM. AM. Does it not exist? On the car radio? In the car radio. In my car or your car? In my car. I, I would think it exists. It exists in my car. It's a touchscreen option, but you go to it and... And... and, and, and AM is not on the touchscreen as far as I can find. It's 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 really next time I'm I've in been, your I've, car. I've, 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 I've recently in September I was trying to find baseball Mets game on the radio. Yeah, uh, I think we were trying to find the New York Giants football game on the radio, and I would tell our son riding shotgun. I said, "Can you Google, you know, uh, in the Hartford area who carries the you know, the Giants football and and." Um, we couldn't. We couldn't get. We couldn't find AM radio on the touchscreen. I mean, maybe you Google that. Is there AM radio in well, your I mean, kind of car? Uh, well, the other day we were driving and we put on because we have XM, so we put on um, ESPN radio. No, I think it was on Major League Baseball radio. We were listening to. Oh, the, I was. I was listening to. Which game was that? Uh, probably. It was probably the uh, Mets. Oh, it was Padres, Cleveland, maybe. and oh, yeah. uh, um, the, the, it was the game that went forever. Yeah. The uh, the the uh, Cleveland. Tampa Bay Rays game yes. that was scoreless through 14 innings. Yes, and but the delight of it was for me anyway. We were we brought our son to a soccer game and, and he had to get there an hour early, so we saw an hour to kill. So we were sitting in the car listening to the baseball game. But the delight for me was the play-by-play was Dave O'Brien, uh, who used to be the play-by-play voice on the Final Four when I was a sideline reporter or a sideline analyst. And is and now the voice of the Red Sox. Now the on voice Nesson. of the Red Sox and does a variety of other things for ESPN, but doesn't do women's college basketball anymore. But I don't know if you remember this. When our second, I think it was when our second, our second oldest, who was colicky, I think it was her. But one of the things, our second oldest, who was colicky for sure, one of the things that 
uh, would get her to calm down a little bit was when we would play the our Nora Jones CD. What was the name of that CD? Come Away With Me? Yeah. that. But we'd play that and it would help her calm down a little bit while we danced with her in the kitchen. And I think it was her. If not her, then it was our youngest. But I remember one of them also... I would go upstairs into the into our bedroom because it was kind of the far corner of the house to get this screaming, cranky, colicky baby away from everybody else. And I remember one time putting on the TV and Dave O'Brien's voice. She would calm and listen to his voice. And then whenever his partner, whoever it was, spoke, she would cry again. And then his voice, because I remember- You're saying- just, you're saying- the dulcet tones of Jerry Remy weren't weren't calling him. <laughs> Maybe not. But, oh, uh, when she was a baby, Dave O'Brien wasn't the voice of the Red Sox. No, he he was. But whatever he was doing, because I remember texting him and saying, "This is unbelievable. Your your voice is calming my colicky or cranky infant." So uh, anyway, so Dave was once again. We didn't have a child in the car, cranky, um, but he was. His voice was soothing us as we were listening to uh, the Cleveland Guardians. When game. when the, when the uh, kids were little. You'll be fascinated, Rebecca. Don Orsillo was the television voice of the Red Sox, now the voice of the San Diego Padres. Right. Thank you for confirming. Uh, my father, Ralph continues, was once a commuter to New York City with a fedora and briefcase. Was he coming? What I was he going northbound? I, if he was a commuter, I assume he was going in both directions. Well, I'm saying to get to the city. He enjoyed doing the New York Times crossword puzzle on the way in, and one in the afternoon... And, and another one in the afternoon on the way back. Once I asked a man who worked for a New York City bank whether he lived in the city, he said, no, I live in Queens. People still commute to the city from all over the tri-state area. I hope everybody enjoyed the ice cream cake. We did indeed. Thank you for the podcast as always, Ralph. Thank you as always for the uh, viewer mail. That's one way not to have to worry about not getting AM radio in the car is take the train, right? Right, right yeah. You don't get AM radio, but but you don't have to drive. Since when, writes Gail, since when did kids post game snacks? Since when did kids post game snacks become a hotel gift basket? When we were kids, <laughs> we were lucky to get an orange slice. Now it's a $5 protein bar, bag of chips, orange banana, orange banana, rice krispie treat, and a 36-ounce Gatorade placed in a designer gift bag. I will now hang up and listen. Rebecca. We haven't experienced that. Well, we've, we've, no, but. I mean, we, snacks, and sometimes the snacks are a little bit. Over the top? A little, a little bit, but we haven't, there hasn't been like I, bags of. Nothing, nothing would stuff. surprise me. I'm a, I'm an anti, anti. Uh, You're anti-snack. Snack. Yeah, I know you are. I mean, and I know kids like well, snacks, we've, we've, but at a certain age, like. Just bring your kid a snack or after the game, go get your kid a snack. Why we've, do we have to have one person provide snacks for everybody? I've never under really understood that. We've said in the past that you're anti-fun, so naturally you would be anti-snack. I'm not anti-snack in general. I'm anti-organized team snack. That's what I am. Not really anti. I just, uh, if I had to vote in favor or against, I, I wouldn't go in favor. Our next viewer mail uh, comes from Nancy in nearby Windsor Locks, Rebecca. Hello, Nancy. She writes, uh, oh, I think this one is for Denny Gallagher, producer Denny Gallagher. I would love to have you bring back Tom, Dick, and Harry's vaccination ballad from the early COVID-19 months. Or should I try YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, or something else I don't know how to use? Nancy in Windsor Locks. Nancy, I think we can. This is like um, Casey Kasem's long-distance dedication, Rebecca. Nancy in Connecticut is sending out Tom, Dick, and Harry's vaccination song. 
to a certain someone who uh, who coughed in a uh, during COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denny, perhaps we can play Tom Dick and Harry's vaccination song on this podcast so that uh, Nancy can hear it. Should 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 that be what plays us out today, Rebecca? Maybe. Maybe I don't know if Denny can do that. Denny, please play uh, the vaccination song for Nancy in Windsor Locks. Uh, the hits from coast to coast, from Pearl Harbor to Boston Harbor. This is Casey Case, and our next uh, viewer mail comes from John, our Cape Cod correspondent, Rebecca. Would you like to hear from John in Cape Cod? Always. Dear dear Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad, your podcast continues to inveigle its way further and further into our day-to-day lives. I'm not entirely sure that was the best use of inveigle, writes, writes, writes um, John, but, um, but then I'm not the wordsmith of the family. Anyway, the other day, Jane, his wife, said, I'm doing a Steve Russian thing. I'm using a dry measure cup to measure liquid, and it's dripping as I go. I, of course, totally support this use of the dry measure cups, but this is just one example of the ways your conversations have gotten into our heads. We may have to start charging rent. Rebecca, this happened, was it yesterday? Two days ago. What Might was have been I, the day that I you, was, you almost let yourself on fire. I was pouring what into what, and you wouldn't let me use? Oh, I said, let me, I said, because I was making some other stuff. I said, will you make the rice for me? Because I wanted you to see how easy it is to make rice. So just need two cups of water, one cup of rice. And you grabbed the wet measure for the rice. And that poses a couple of problems. Number one being, if you've already poured the water into the bowl and then you use the wet measure for the rice, a bunch of the rice is just going to stick to the wet measure. But anyway, yes, we, we, we experienced this two days ago. This was after you, you almost lit yourself in the floor on fire. Yes. In other news, writes John, we finally got around to watching Dream On, the 30 for 30 documentary about your 1996 Olympic uh, awesome. team, and really loved it. Rebecca, you must be so proud of your role in getting women's basketball to the high-level place it is today. Certainly, you weren't the only one, but your coming of age during the time period highlighted in the documentary, beginning with your leading UConn to their first national title, then your role with the Olympic team, and finally being a key member of the fledgling WNBA, were instrumental in helping the women's game really take off in this country. I know we're only vicariously a part of your life when we listen to the podcast, but we truly are proud of you. Thank you. Very nice. That's very, very nice. Truth be told, although I had closely followed the career of Nancy Lieberman as we were in Norfolk while she was at ODU, and I was well aware of your career at UConn, I didn't watch much women's basketball those days. That said, I never made any cracks about how many women uh, I'd slept with either, but I digress. The backstory of the difficulties you faced during the early days of the Olympic team was a revelation, but the way you persevered and held your head high were certainly no surprise. It was wonderful to see you, to see how the rest of the ladies embraced you and stood up for you in the early days. Certainly the poise you showed dealing with the bright lights and controversy was a harbinger of the successful broadcasting career you've enjoyed after you retired from playing. We very much enjoyed hearing the backstories of the other women on the team as well and the accomplishments they have had over the years that followed have been amazing. We're so glad we decided to watch the documentary. What an inspiring story and a thrilling ride through a magical journey. Well, it's very nice of John, isn't it? Very, yes. But There are bullet points, Rebecca. A couple other quick comments in no particular order regarding recent pods. One, I love the bon mots, uh, insert outrageous French accent here, that your youngest daughter throws out at the beginning of many of your podcasts. She always makes me smile and frequently laugh out loud. I love her sense of humor. She must be a joy to have in the family. I would, she is I would exactly, say publicly Rebecca, that she is, all of our children are a joy to have in the family. They absolutely are. But we're talking about her right now. She's a funny kid. She is a, a, a delight. 
Two, in your anxiety dream conversation, Rebecca mentioned dreaming that her knees were healed and she could once again play basketball. I too have those dreams and tend to be a much better player than I ever was while awake. And now my good knee is bothering me. So who knows where my dreams will go now? I also have running dreams that are either me running away with a race or having leaden legs that make it difficult to even get up a hill. I have those sometimes yes. where somebody's chasing me and I'm usually like on a running path and, and yeah, I can't course, yes. go any faster yes. than I'm going. And not not even a little bit faster. Yeah, I, I am that, just gonna be the slow snail that I, I am. Do, do you have those dreams? I, I do. do. Does I, everyone I do. have those yes, dreams? Yes, I think that's a classic. And nothing ever happens. Like it's. I don't think I ever get caught, or when I do get caught, I don't think anything bad ever happens to me. It's just like the fear of the chase. John says the other anxiety dream I have is from my days in the Navy. Twenty years since I retired, I still have dreams where I'm going to some special ceremony and I've forgotten my cover (parentheses hat). Usually a very convoluted search for said cover ensues and I get further and further away from my goal while time seems to accelerate and make me later still. Uh, that, that's 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 similar to, wasn't that the, the what instigated our discussion of dreams? You couldn't find uh, or your, I can't remember what it was, but anyway, I think we all relate to that dream where you, you you're, you're improperly, oh, you were looking for, what were you looking for? You were looking for something, no, weren't you? No, I wasn't. Wasn't oh it? no! One of our viewers was uh, was late for the parade. That's it. Yes. And the parade the parade was, but that wasn't that an wasn't anxiety. A dream. That, that was an anxiety happened. reality. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Whew! Uh, I'm losing my marbles. If I'm really feeling anxious, writes John, I've probably also forgotten to wear pants, and a whole additional set of issues arise. In any event, it really doesn't make for a restful night. As always, keep up the great give and take. You can't. You can put Jane and I down, and the we continue to enjoy the podcast column. Your Cape Cod correspondent, John. John, thank you very much. Short or tall is the header on uh, Allison, Allison in Fort Collins. Uh, gone from first-time correspondent to now uh, multiple-time correspondent. Allison. And, and, and uh, she sent an address for swag, and that will go out. I promise. Probably at the same time I post the pictures. Well, I hope before that. I am binge listening sort of to the podcast, being a recent devotee. I listen in reverse order, which is interesting, in that questions you discuss in one episode are often answered in the next episode, so I am getting lots of answers before questions. You know what that is called, Rebecca? Cheating? Karnak the Magnificent. Oh, right. Of course. It's funny how it makes me want to exclaim, I know the answer to that when I hear the question. Anyway, I recently listened to episode 197, in which you discussed the fact that Rebecca was not recruited by the University of New Mexico. I believe the coach at the time Rebecca would have been recruited, Maureen Eckroth, had an unfortunate record of 14 and 96. So the program was not quite at a level that would have had Rebecca Lobo on their radar. Don Flanagan succeeded Coach Eckroth in 1995 and turned the program around. I believe he certainly would have recruited Rebecca if the timing had been right. Um, uh, the assumption being that you would have gone to the University of New Mexico just because their nickname was the Lobos, right? It would have been cool to have the gear. I mean, you would have had to consider that, don't you think? You'd have to at least take a visit and stock up on gear. If, if your last name had been, uh, well, I can't think of it. Nobody's last name is Husky. Well, no, Butch Husky was a, was a player for the New York Mets. So, If I, my last name had been Husky, I would have still gone to UConn. <laughs> no, if your last name was Husky, maybe you would have gone to the Lobos. I don't know. I don't know. This makes no sense. Um, he was from Massachusetts and had a 340 and 168 record in his 16 years at UNM. He was the best coach I've ever seen at halftime adjustments. Despite the symmetry, I'm glad Rebecca was not at UNM as their fans are annoying. This is Allison <laughs> writing. They howl low bows incessantly. Perhaps she would have liked that. 
That's been kind of They're not cool. booing, they're lowboing. We should have at least played there. And you know, most times a, a coach will return to a player's hometown so they can play, or not hometown, but home state or home area so that they can play in a game. I, I'll need to ask Coach Rama why we didn't play a game there just so I could hear the people howl. Exactly. I venture that it's more than you want to know about UNM women's basketball, but they've had years when they were, were incredibly good. Colorado State fan myself, writes Allison. I really enjoy the podcast and has pretty much replaced listening to Cricket on the radio while I drive. Well, Allison must not have AM radio if, if um, she's listening to us in the car. Or maybe, oh yeah, she might have a different and better car than you. She may. Um, it's time for uh, the Notorious DGS. Oh, hello, DGS. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Dr. Gary Siegel, I hope this note finds you both well. As always, last week's podcast was a joy, and thanks to both of you, and of course, Denny, for entertaining the viewers who have responded robustly by sending in viewer mail that ranges from educational to humorous. You discussed social influencers, and I could only wonder, are the two of you also social influencers? Uh, that's a good one, Dr. Siegel. Since I'm pressed for time, I've not read the newspapers today nor played Quirtle and Wordle. Please allow me to list a few items without further Adieu. Not further adieu, Rebecca, but further adieu. Mm -hmm. Are you a social influencer, Rebecca? Uh, no. Are you? No, I, I, I'm not. Okay. I might be if I can uh, influence the guy at Duncan to stop coughing on the food, perhaps. Well, that, that would be. I'll, I'll, I'll social influence one person at a time. You, 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 that, that guy is more of a social influenza, it sounds like. One, we also have an air fryer, and on a recent night when I was responsible for making dinner, I actually thought about making french fries from russet potatoes to go with leftover steak and veggie stir-fry. We the don't have an air fryer, though. Ours is a toaster oven. We should have gotten an air fryer. Anyway. He has an air fryer in which he's going to make stir-fry? Can you, can, you, can you air fry stir-fry, or can you stir-fry in an air fry? I don't know. This is, a, this is like a, a George Wallace joke, mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You can. What is stir frying? It's when you fry something and you're stirring That's it at the it? same time. I think so. Yeah, usually, like it's in a wok or something. And 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 forgive me. I know these phrases from forever. But what is air exactly frying? How air frying works? I don't know. We don't have an air fryer. That's like Although dry, I've been told we should get one. It seems contradictory. Like like dry cleaning. There's there has to be wet involved in dry cleaning, and and there has to be. Grease involved in yeah. air frying yeah. I know, or frying. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I mean, all, all frying involves air, doesn't it? Unless you're frying it in a in a vacuum. Well, no, usually frying in grease, oil, lard. No, I know, but you're also <laughs> but you're also frying in air. I don't know. Unless... You're you're also lighting your hand on fire. I don't know, but keep going. Okay. Well. Um... The thought of making a new recipe on short notice, writes Dr. Siegel, raised a few mental red flags. So I called my daughter for advice upon entering the grocery store. She told me that despite how easy it looked to use the air fryer, that Mrs. DGS would not be happy with my newfound kitchen experimentation, which would involve cutting potatoes into quarter-inch strips and soaking them in water before cooking them. She then advised me as to which brand of frozen french fries to buy, and all turned out well. I, I'm guessing he got some, some crinkle-cut, crispy, brown, or Ida... I think you French got um, shoestring cut. Shoestring cut. Yeah, like the you know what I mean. The I know what ones. you mean, but why would if if he was if he was prepared to cut in quarter inch strips of potatoes, 
because everybody knows the shoestring ones, like the thinner they are and crispier they are, the yummier they are. They're just a nuisance to do yourself but, to cut something that small. So, but I think that's where he went. I think Dr. Siegel, and he'll have to let us know. I think he went with shoestring. You think he went with crinkle cut. Well, nobody nobody has a, a crinkle cutter at home, right? So what, if you had the opportunity to buy crinkle cut fries, why wouldn't you? Well, you could use one of those like um, things that cuts vegetables. They probably have a crinkle cut option. I don't know. I never buy crinkle cut fries when I buy fries. I buy the shoestring one. So I'm just assuming Dr. Siegel thinks like me and got the shoestring but, potatoes. But have you ever wondered if I would enjoy crinkle cut fries? If you, you, you're welcome to purchase crinkle cut fries whenever you want. Do they, there are other, there are other, they do uh, make them, yeah. No, and they make other things that are crinkle cut, right? Besides potatoes? Yeah. Sweet potatoes. I don't know. Is there anything else that's crinkle cut? Crinkle cut vegetables to, to masquerade as fries, no? I, I feel like I've so. seen those Maybe somewhere. crinkle cut carrots, like fresh carrots that go on a salad, but I don't think I've ever seen anything else crinkle cut. has to be a certain consistency to be able to cut them that way. Well, like you uh, couldn't do crinkle cut celery, there, for example. There, there is something deep in, in um, the human race that desires potatoes with a, a crinkly cut, because I'm thinking not only crinkle cut fries, but, but uh, ruffled chips. potato yeah. chips. At what age would you describe like our bodies as crinkle cut? <laughs> is that- Looming in our sixties, <laughs> we'll, I mean, we'll no I, longer I, be shoestring. We'll, we'll then be crinkle cut. I, I, uh, I not sure how that. That's, I don't think I've ever seen a wrinkle pattern. That's, uh, that's why. You, that's why they don't what describe if you people could choose as, your wrinkle pattern. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've heard of people described as wrinkled, but I've seldom heard of anybody described as crinkled. <laughs> although, although I might be the first. Maybe I may become the first. Um. Where were we? I don't know, but we're somewhere in Dr. Siegel's missive. Two. In my last note, I did mistakenly refer to craft beer as gourmet beer, which shows you what I know. My son is well-versed in craft beers, so for his daughter's birthday party, the report is that the beer selection was superior to the juice box selection. Do remember that this party was in New Orleans where day drinking is as commonplace as it is in the mornings at airports and on airplanes. Well, that's that's true. Yeah. Three. The baby report from the weekend. Rebecca, care to uh, give us a... A prediction? Uh, I think the report's going to be good. Do you think there's? Do you think the, uh, there's gambling on this sort of stuff in in hospitals? The, the baby on the, yeah, oh. the over unders and you know gender. If there's not, there should be. There should be a pool every week or weekend. Well, How many babies are going to be born that week? The the hair color, the eye color. Well, the, here's what we got. Lots of things you could do. The baby report from the weekend: two boys, three circumcisions, one ER admission for. Hold an, on. Yeah, the math on that one. Yeah, that, that confuses me. Two boys, three, three circ- circumcisions. Did they mess up the first circumcision? Maybe just been uh, all on the same boy. I don't know. I, I, I um, and and let's let's try to keep the phrase crinkle cut completely separate from this discussion. <laughs> all right. So two boys, three circumcisions, one ER admission for an infection after surgery. Ooh. All are well. All are well. But since this is a family podcast, that's all the detail I can supply. Four. I'm glad that you met a viewer who was perhaps a bit fast and loose with HIPAA. HIPAA's intention is to keep medical information private, but as it was explained to me when enacted in the late 90s, common sense may be applied, and honest oversights are not crimes. While I don't want to mention any names, I'm quite familiar with many physicians and advanced practice practitioners, the current catch-all term for nurse practitioners, physician's assistants, and nurse midwives. Advanced practice practitioners? That Does that mean little, they're older? That sounds Is that like what the Ru- advanced Ruth's means? Chris Steakhouse. Yeah. It, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, and it seems a little redundant, doesn't it? Mm. Advanced 
practice practitioners uh, who perhaps use electronic communication, text messages, and or email in the course of patient care. I think we've opted in to have all of our medical uh, news delivered to us via text message, right? Uh, that's what I would prefer. Five, Steve correctly predicted that the Braves would win the National League East division, but they did so by the hairs of their chinny-chin-chins. The teams had equal records, but the head-to-head -head record, Braves 10, Mets 9, was the tiebreaker. Indeed, uh, as as established as the Braves swept the Mets um, the, in the penultimate uh, series of the season. It's on to the playoffs for the Braves, and sadly, the Mets are out until next year after losing two games to the Padres. But of course, Dr. Siegel, as we record this, the Phillies have the Phillies third place in the National League East have beaten the Braves in game one of the of the um, divisional series. So, you know, all of these games are exist solely to sell tickets and broadcast rights. If we were having a if we were truly interested in who was the best team this season, you would use 162 games to maybe narrow the field to four or eight and not the current dozen teams. Right, right. Rebecca? Right. But it has made for an interesting postseason. Six, the Formula One report contains massive news. A, newly crowned double world champion Max Verstappen clinched the driver's championship in a shortened, rain-delayed gripping race in Japan. Max sailed away in a perfect drive for the win, but there were nose-to-gearbox battles in the points scoring positions 1 through 10. Nose-to-gearbox battles, Rebecca. That sounds like what Dr. Ken had on Interstate 90. A nose-to-gearbox battle, mm -hmm. right? In that construction zone? Mm-hmm. The French team Alpine had a double points finish with Frenchman Esteban Ocon defending a challenge from seven-time champion Lewis Hamilton in a Mercedes. Similarly, Mercedes. Similarly, double world champion Fernando Alonso, now 41 and still among the best in the field, held off the excellent young Mercedes driver George Russell as well. B. The silly season of driver placement for 2023 is winding down. This is what you would call a free agency, Rebecca, in other sports. Sacre bleu, Alpine will have two French drivers next season, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly who have virtually identical backgrounds, as illustrated in the social media post below. Uh, their, st their stats, Rebecca, are, are nearly identical. Now they now they will be teammates. Dutchman Nick DeVries will replace Gasly at Alpha Tori, so the only open seats are at Williams and Haas. Sadly, popular Aussie Daniel Ricciardo, who had won eight races in his career but struggled for two seasons at McLaren, will not be on the grid next year. That is interesting, Rebecca, because he was certainly one of the popular stars of of uh, Drive to Survive, the Netflix mm -hmm. uh, reality show that has made this has kind of supercharged Formula One uh, in the U.S. and around the world. And speaking of the U.S., see next race, Austin, Texas, with live reporting available only in this special podcast, albeit a few days delayed from our, our F1 correspondent, DGS, live on the scene. Sweet. He'll be live on the scene. He won't be reporting to us live. He'll be reporting to us days late. <laughs> With warmest regards, Gary. Gary, thank you as always. And uh, Rebecca, I think that's all we have. That's all we have. Will we'll, we'll, uh, we'll Denny Gallagher play us out with the vaccination song from Tom, Dick, and Harry? We'll see. We'll, um, we'll, uh, what are the questions? What other cliffhangers do we have, Rebecca? We've got we to end these on a cliffhanger. Well, we want to we wanna know why, how, or not why, but how three circumcisions with two births. We want to know if there's a pool at the beginning of the week, a, uh, if, if, if wagers are taken in the uh, the obstetric arts parts of the uh, the hospital, what else do we need? I think I think I think that is uh, think more than it. enough that people keep people uh, hanging on for the next podcast for sure. And until then, Rebecca. Till then, Tom Dick Hari, play us out. Please vaccinate me. 
Don't let the virus infiltrate me It's time to leave our houses We're tired of seeing just our kids and spouses Welcome back.